Hello and welcome to episode 11, I believe it is, of Anime Ichiban. Uh, today we don't have Matt. Matt is absent for some reason and uh, Kyle, do you know where that is? I think he's out of town. Ah, so he's somewhere out of town at some sort of weird orgy, no doubt. It's always an orgy. Always an orgy with Matt, yeah. So, uh, so it's just me and Kyle today. Uh, we there's not really much anime news right now, as far as I know. I'm poorly today. This is an extremely off the cuff episode. We've been having a few weeks off over the sort of Christmas, post Christmas period. Uh, so we want to just kind of do a bit of a different episode where we talk about something that's maybe like more personal and uh, kind of loosely connected to anime, but hopefully it's something that we can all enjoy. But uh, but before that, Kyle, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, it is a nice 30 degrees Fahrenheit here in Seattle, and there is quite a bit of snow outside. It's weird because I went to school on the exact opposite side of the country here and further north, so I regularly experienced uh, several feet of snow, and this is nothing, but the entire city of Seattle just shut down because of this very small amount of snow. So I am fine just being very warm and cozy in my bedroom wrapped in a blanket. Yeah. Like, that, that sounds like a plan. That sounds good. I, I like snow on Christmas Day or close to Christmas, but any other time of year it can just fuck off because <laughs> it's just pointless. Like, oh, like no one enjoys. snow is fine. I like snow. If it gets you out of work or gets you out of some sort of responsibility, then it's great. But... Mm. uh I, I think if it's snowing, but you still have to then go to work, that is, that's oh, not good. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that's, that's just like an inconvenience to your day. Well, that's why I'm hoping I don't have to go in tomorrow because I'm looking at the forecast and it's supposed to be very snowy and blizzard-like conditions. Um, I know we got let out of work early uh, this last Friday because the blizzard was starting to pick up. So we got shooed out of the building we work in to uh, get home a little earlier yeah Ooh, exciting you get to go home early and you yes. have your you have your life in danger exciting mm-hmm. Ooh. yeah um so you sound so you sound like you're better than me i uh i've just been like I've, I've not noticed that i was poorly today i was kind of okay i was just cuddled up in bed playing resident evil but uh i realized that i've not had an appetite all day my nose is running and i've had a terrible like really sore throat and it just kind of dawned on me before we recorded, fuck, I feel awful. So uh, my nasally voice is going to be extra nasally today, but uh, it should be all right. Uh, so yeah, speaking of, uh, I've been playing Resident Evil, as I mentioned, and uh, it's fucking awesome. It's so good. Um, have you played any of them before? I have played the first one a bit, and I played a bit of four, but I would never... I, I am very far from a fan of the series. I can definitely respect yeah. and appreciate it. It's just not my thing. But yeah. it, it looks really cool. And like I can definitely like see how like people would have a lot of fun with it and dump a lot of time. I, I've just never been a huge fan of survival horror. For myself, I was... Because I, I tried the originals when I was younger, but I was never really into that kind of style of tank controls. Um, so I never really got on with that. But Res- Oh, neither were a lot of people from yeah. what I could tell. But then, then a, <laughs> a lot of people would hate me for saying that. A lot of people would be like, oh, fuck you, Resident Evil was only Resident Evil when it was a uh, tank controls. Are you fucking a uh, modern fan? So a lot of people would get very annoyed and purist about it, but I don't oh, care. A lot of people are stupid. A lot of people are stupid. Um, Resident Evil 4 is one of my favourite games of all time. It is absolutely phenomenal. And... 
I'd really recommend playing it all the way through. Uh, even if it's not totally your sort of thing, it might be something that grows on you over time. Uh, it's just I've heard four was a fun action game with horror elements, so I might go back to four specifically. Four is regarded as one of the best games of all time. If you look at that's online, what I've it's, heard. It's, yeah. it's it's like if you look up any ranking of the best Resident Evil games, four will probably be number one. Um, and if you look it up on like just Wikipedia, it will say in the review section it is widely considered one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, well then, it, I think it was actually one of the first, if not the first, game to do like an over-the-shoulder shooter camera angle. Mm-hmm. So it sort of reinvented third-person shooters as well as reinvented the franchise of Resident Evil. I think some people hate on it because the following games, like Resident Evil Five and Six, were much weaker by comparison. Um, five was kind of fun. Six was very schlocky and all over the place. Um, I'm not really a big fan of either, but like Resident Evil 4 got it right. So regardless of what mistakes may have come after, Resident Evil 4 did what it did as well as it could have done. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, they they did Resident Evil 7, which was kind of like sort of a return to form in the horror side of things, but like it was very new. It was first person and that was quite cool. Um, but this one for me, Resident Evil 2 Remake is very much like, the follow-up to Resident Evil 4 that I always wanted. Um, and then, mm. I know, obviously, it's a predecessor to Resident Evil 4, but in terms of its gameplay, it feels like a follow-up. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it takes all the mechanics that have been established in the series and reworks it for a different context. Or, yeah, it takes Like, it. a story that already exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's interesting, because you've been following the series for quite a while now, then, it seems. Um, and I guess I'm in a similar situation where the game that I've been, or one of the games that I've been playing is Tales of Vesperia, um, which got re-released. Uh, it's an I, old it's an old JRPG. Tales game. I, I, I yeah, it's an old JRPG from two thousand nine. Yeah, it recently got a remastered or definitive edition, um, ten years after its release. And I'm playing through it. And having played Tales games that have released since, Good Lord Vesperia feels very clunky. Oh really? Yeah. Um, it's it's very. St- so the thing about Tales games is that they have like their their big appeal is that they're um action like real time battles like kind of like Kingdom Hearts um without as much mobility um but series or entries later on in the series like spruced up things they made everything a little more fluid they gave you more movement mechanics they made all the inputs a little more like they they made them all like string together more easily so you can pull off combos uh pretty nicely but tales of vesperia is at a point in time in the franchise when they were making that in transition so there's a lot of it that's still relying on older gameplay mechanics that are just strictly unfun yeah i get that i think there's a lot of games like that where they could be like really good still in the sense of it was fantastic for its time but there are just a lot of elements that haven't aged well. I think a good example is Final Fantasy VII, where like it's a fantastic game and it's incredible for its time, but there are a lot of parts of it that just haven't aged well. And it, it, it very much needs its update that's coming out in the next few years. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think to find those games that have aged really well, it's, it's quite uncommon. I think Resident Evil 4 is one of them, where if you play it now, today, it still feels good. Uh... I, I kind of want to say Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but I think a lot of people would still find them quite clunky. But for myself... I, I would argue that Majora's is just strictly better than Ocarina. In terms of its mechanics and, and the way it plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms... So, I mean, they're, they're both 
you know, the th- 3D 64 Zeldas. Um, Ocarina was the, you know, definitive transition point from 2D to 3D. Um, and I would say that just Majora's built off of everything that Ocarina established and explored it in more interesting ways. Yeah. Um, cause Ocarina is very linear and Majora's has a lot of stuff in it that allows you to kind of play the game to your own pacing, both with the time mechanics, um, all of the NPCs that are bound by said time mechanics, the hub world and how yeah. you can explore all of that. It's very, it's a very freeform game uh, for a 3D Zelda, well, um, which I really well, liked. Funnily enough, Majora's Mask is actually my favorite game of all time. And uh, Ocarina of Time is my second favorite game of all time. So like, oh, I, well, not as good. No, are, are you not as big of a fan of Ocarina of Time? Oh, I like, I like Ocarina, <laughs> but I, I would say like, I, I would probably acknowledge Majora's as like the best mm. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Um, even even like after Breath of the Wild. Um, but the one that I always go back to and like would say my personal favorite is is Wind Waker. Oh just yeah, just because there are a lot of really good memories I have playing that Fun, game growing funnily up, enough, and it can Wind Waker can put me in a good headspace. Talk about later. Um, Wind Waker is actually my third favorite game of all time. Believe it or not. Oh my gosh, uh, right. my my top three favorite games are Zelda games. It's those three. Um, and yeah, Wind. I think I love them all for different reasons, but Wind Waker, like as a world mm. to inhabit, I I've not played a game that is like a better world to inhabit. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a very it's, cozy game. Oh yeah, like if you just like sail up to Windfall Island and just start talking to residents, that in itself is just like the most relaxing thing. Um, it's such a wonderful game. Uh, there's there's so much praise I could put on that. But I was going to say about Resident Evil too, as a kind of opposite to that. Um, the remake, like it's I've I've not played the original before, and again I know a lot of diehard fans who have played the original are going to get angry about that. Chill out. I'm sure the original is great fun, but I've been playing this remake. Uh, and I, one of the things I love about it is a character called Mr. X. And uh, I don't know how much you know about it. I'm, I'm going to say like, I'm going to assume this isn't a spoiler because it's quite heavily advertised. Um, a lot of people know about mm. this. So yeah, it's not really a spoiler. Um, the whole game, you're kind of, most of the game you're in, uh, the Raccoon City Police Department. And you go to a few other locations, but you're mostly in this police department. And you're kind of exploring it. You're going around finding different uh, items and unlocking different rooms. Uh, and it is really fun. And uh, Mr. X is kind of like this hulking monster that will... He comes around at like halfway through the game and he just constantly stalks you. And you can't kill him. You can't beat him. And he'll take off a fuck ton of damage if he gets to you. So all you can do when you see him is run. But what makes him so scary and so intimidating is that there is no room that you can go to that will be safe from him. And I think this is a really cool thing because in Resident Evil 7, you had a similar enemy called Jack Baker, who was uh, a member of this family that took you in and he was obviously not the nicest of people. Um, And he stalked you around the house for a while, but there were certain places you could go that he couldn't get to you. There was like a crawl space underground and there was like a ladder where you got into a little kind of upstairs area and different things that you could do where he just couldn't follow you. He couldn't get to you there. So there was always an escape from him. But with Mr. X... Any room you go into, he can track you in there. Uh, and I realised this the most when I went into a library room and there was a ladder to go up to the upper floor. And I climbed this ladder just assuming he'd take the long way round. But no, he just climbed the ladder after me. And it was just this, mm. it's, it's a small thing where I just realised anything I do, he can do as well. Any, any action I could perform to try and escape him, he can do that action as well. If I hide somewhere, he can go to that place as well. 
And that's what makes it so scary is this idea that like he's always tracking you. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. Like he's always tracking you. I don't like it. He's always following you. And there's no That would make me very stressed out. It is so stressful. Um Uh, and and that's added with the fact that like at this point in the game, when you start the game, you can kill pretty much all the zombies because you've got enough ammo. You can kill all the zombies, kill all the monsters around, so it's okay. But by like the halfway point, you start to run short of ammo. And a lot more zombies will appear in the police station. So you'll be leaving them. It'll be like, fuck, I've got to run from these ones. So when Mr. X starts chasing you, you'll be kind of trying to evade you in halls. But there's zombies and various monsters that are there that you had to leave. So you're evading them as well as evading Mr. X, trying to find, like, where do I put this key? Where do I put this electrical item? Where do I put these things to progress the story? And uh, it's really stressful. But it's a unique experience. I think, like, I'm not a huge horror fan, but... Just as a sort of adrenaline rush, it is amazing. It is very incredible. Ugh, no, thank you. <laughs> so no, thank you at all. I'm going to take my relaxing GRPGs. You, you're going to go to Wind Waker and play that. Mm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, I'm really enjoying that, and uh, that was something we kind of wanted to talk about today. So it was uh, things that like really upset us, sour our mood, and, and whatever, and how we use things like anime and games as escapism for that. So hopefully, that's something you listeners can relate to maybe uh so yeah kyle what what pisses you off what upsets you what ruins your day you know what really ruins my day is when technology just refuses to work (laughs) so you spend 30 minutes uh into time that you should be recording your podcast trying to figure out why your mic won't freaking pick up and why it sounds like garbage when it does so technological oddities are definitely things that uh, set me off yeah and that, that's a true story because uh, we spent half an hour trying to get the <laughs> podcast working but uh we powered for it yeah like i can agree I, I think if if something if something's not working but it's because like oh i i shat on it then it's like okay i get this um i didn't i don't actually shit on electrical equipment i just want to specify that i don't know why i said that don't, don't do uh, it's not a good idea it's, it's just just bad mm. ruins your day um, but yeah, like if something's not working for a reason I can understand, it's like, okay, yeah, I get that. But if it's not working, you spend hours troubleshooting it, you try to fix it, and then it still won't work, and you can't discern why, that is definitely something that frustrates you. Especially if then the thing you want to get working is something that's very important to you. Um, that can certainly ruin your day. What else? Go deeper. What What else is, what's the bane of your existence? Oh, man. Um... So I guess a little less comical is just, you know, you know, everyday life stress, just work and other things to deal with and personal things. Yeah. So, like, I mean, everybody gets stress. Everybody experiences stress. And it's just, you know, a matter of, like, what is the most stressful for you? And because it's, it's going to be different for everybody. Totally. But, yeah. um, but like, and, you know, how we experience, how we, like, process that, too, is going to be very different. Yeah, and that's why I think it's interesting to talk about because everyone's different, but like we can always find common ground and common things to relate on. Um, mm-hmm. I I get like frustrated by a lot of things, a lot of petty things that I shouldn't let frustrate me, but it's a real problem. I've got an issue with my temper where uh, anything I, I kind of experience or anything I see, my brain automatically looks at it in the most negative way. I'm quite, I'm a very, mm-hmm. I can be a very pessimistic person. And it's a shame, I really wish I wasn't, but I've got a very bad habit of always looking at things from the most severe negative angle. And that could mean that just going online for a day 
I'm exposed to so many oh, things yeah. that frustrate mm-hmm. me. Um, so an example, I was thinking about things that, that like irritate me. And it could be, a, if you go on like Amazon, for example, and you look at uh, user reviews, you'll get different people like reviewing <laughs> things. Uh, okay. <laughs> and this could, this could be looked at in two ways. You could look at some stupid, silly user reviews that are really ridiculously written and laugh about it. And you could be like, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But the way I would look at it is someone's worked hard on a product and you're giving it a one-star review for a stupid reason. So literally, it could be that you go on a a, 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 a fucking, I don't know, a review of a film and you look on Amazon and someone's rated it. Okay, okay. If we're, if we're talking about something like this, that um, th- this is not like knocking your frustration down or anything like that, but... Uh, I, I would say that stuff like this, I guess, is a little on the the petty side. Oh, t- oh totally, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, that, that, that's not like you know critiquing it or anything because I share the exact same sentiment with certain things where it's like I'll watch an anime and be like, oh wow, I really enjoyed this, or wow, I really hated this, and to see contrary opinions, yeah, that have no real basis for having that opinion, gets me off to no to no to no fucking end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. it's incredibly that's aggravating that's like totally, I, I i i still yeah. i still get pissed off whenever i see people praising sword art uh-huh. so, so like yeah i i get that i i think you can have any opinion as long as you can like base it in some sort of logic um i hate people just having opinions that are just they're just ridiculous bad but, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is the point like like we can both identify but we continue these frustrations are petty, but I think they're frustrations that a lot of people feel for different things. It might not be for these specific subjects, but like we all feel petty frustrations and it's amazing how much it can ruin our mood and just ruin our emotional state if it's like for a prolonged period of time. Um, mm-hmm. Fun fact, as I'm saying all this, I'm trying to wipe my nose and not make much noise because it is dripping relentlessly because I'm poor. Oh, no. It's a, a, a peek behind that sexy curtain for our listeners. Um, I've run out of tissue. Yeah, do you know your tissue just gets all disgusting and snotty and no? Oh god! Oh, all and, right, we can stop that there. <laughs> does that annoy you? Does that frustrate you? But no. Does that well, maybe a little bit, but hopefully you you sort that out because that is not fun to do. Well, I'm, t- I'm out of tissue now. I might just let it. Oh, it's no. just going to drip onto oh. my leg. Uh, <laughs> find the dry sides, I guess. <laughs> but uh, uh, so, so, anyways, uh, fun times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if I go on Amazon and like look at. Uh, it could be a review of like a game, let's say. Um uh Kyle, what's a game you love? Uh, we'll say the, the, a Tales game, sure. Okay. I'll go with that. Tales of uh, is it Vesperia or Yes. yes. Okay, so there we are. We're looking it up. It's the, the uh, remaster of Tales of Vesperia. I want to look it up on Amazon reviews, and someone's given it a one star review and they've written Gay Japanese stupid game. Oh my god! Well, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't say that that review is you know never going to pop okay. up. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, an, yeah. An but an I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I get the idea. Says, Bought it for my friend, so I don't know. And they give it one star. But oh, I've, I've literally seen it right, before. Somebody, somebody right. reviewing something, but they didn't receive it themselves. So they're just like, well, well I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll give it one star. Like. Do you, do you well, understand? So <laughs> that, that okay, so that that's why like there are a lot of issues that I have with um and th- this is very specific to anime. Um there are a lot of personalities on YouTube uh that will review seasonal anime that are coming out. Um one in particular his name is Mother's Basement. 
and he is known for having controversial opinions for the sake of having controversial opinions. I see. So I don't know if you've watched uh, Rising of the Shield Hero, which is airing right now. Um, I've not watched it, but it's meant to be good. I know that, like, yes, you, you yeah, and Matt really it, like it, it, don't you? Yeah, it's very, it's very fun. Well, I don't want to say fun. I mean, it is fun, but that's not, like, the main appeal because the whole thing is that uh, – the, the, the long and short of it is that uh, poor people get transported to a world – and they are all heroes with unique weapons attached to them. Uh, the protagonist of Shield Hero is Shield Hero. And the thing about Shield Hero is that he's kind of shit upon by everybody in this world. And he's just constantly like being like degraded and looked down upon. But the series, you know, puts him in a very low point at the beginning so that you can see him, you know, rise in self-assurance, self-confidence and find the people that really care about him. However, this person, Mother's Basement, um, he saw the first episode and was like, eh, you're being mean to the protagonist. This is an unfair and not fun world. Yeah. So, and, it, and that kind of whiny little opinion without like seeing the rest of the show in context and understanding that that's like, you know, the whole point and the execution is very annoying to see, especially knowing that, like, he'll undoubtedly, like, have people that agree with that just based on the fact that he said it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's it. I think if you, if you, like, go out there to review something and you've seen, like, one episode of it or you've, you review in a game but you've played, like, the first level, it's just, like, fuck you. Like, actually try and indulge in this product a bit more and get a more comprehensive, comprehensive understanding before you share an opinion on it. Um, but but I think that's that's common for so many things. It's common for politics as well. People will just see a tiny bit of political information from one source, mm-hmm. and that will be that will be all they need to vote on something or to uh, speak publicly on something. And it's like you've experienced one situation uh, or, or just one little bit of information. You need to like take in more of it. But I think that's common for everything. But that is the sort of thing that can really annoy me. Um, and and I think that's that's the thing I noticed last year, like towards the end of last year, my mood was really in a bit of a rut, and I wasn't happy. I was I was in a very negative place. Um, I mean, that's how more serious than it is. It wasn't anything serious. I just I was just a bit down in the dumps. But uh, but it was because I was spending a lot of time online, and I just realised that like being on the internet is just fucking miserable. Genuinely, like <laughs> it is just awful. Like it is like you just go on Twitter and you'll just be exposed to the most fucking. Mm-hmm. toxic shit all the time whatever your opinion might be like like whatever wherever your opinion might lie you're gonna have so many contrary opinions and i don't mind that per se but like so much would just be shit i hate J- just opinions that contrast with my own but in a way where it's so fucking idiotic i don't mind if well it- there, there there is a reason why people say like yeah you know i deleted my facebook or yeah. like i don't use twitter anymore but you know it's T- twitter's you know. the worst is twitter and youtube comments <laughs> they're the two that like i just filled with yeah. so- like even little things again like um if a song goes up online a song's on youtube for example and you look at the comments I hate it if, like, this is, you know, a, a good song that lots of fans like, but there's just someone who's like, this sucks. And that's the end of the comment. Like, and it's like, thanks for your it's input. Like, what's, what's the point of that? If, yeah. if someone said, like, I'm not really feeling this one, it's not my preferred genre, and I felt like the production on the drums was a little bit weak, and oh. some, some of the, some of the, uh, the vocal uh, harmonies were off, whatever, like, they actually had a point mm. to make. It's like, oh, okay, I maybe disagree with you, but 
at least you're articulating your point in a way that shows you you know something. Um, well, if you're just saying, this is shit, it's like, well, what's the point of sharing that opinion? What is the point of sharing an opinion that doesn't have any basis in uh, any kind of factual analysis? Like, that just irritates me so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're hopefully doing a little bit better now. Yeah, well, this is the thing, like, I've, I've been spending more time offline and I've been having a lot of days where I just play video games and I just watch anime. And it's why, like, I've been slightly less involved with Goombastomp recently. Um, I've not been writing many articles, I've not been doing so much. Uh, it's just literally because I've been taking a lot of time offline just to myself, just to try and... Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm just in a better place now to, to be able to do stuff that yeah, just and that's good. makes me happy. It's really cool. Um what about yourself, though? What's your outlet for this kind of frustration? I mean, that's... So I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but that's a large part of, like, why I watch and read so many comedy-slash-slice-of-life series. Um, so shows like Eurocamp um, and, you know, when they were airing, like, K-On! and Clanet and other... Well, Clanet's a bit of a dramatic show so that might not be the best <laughs> example but you know that, that's why i really like watching anime really it's just like it's very therapeutic um oh actually one that i've just finished recently was made in abyss oh made in abyss is fantastic um, oh my god i don't know why i waited so long to watch it because <laughs> I, I thought you'd seen it's, that it's so good isn't it i hadn't no i just finished it well because i know that season two is coming out this year oh is it thought, okay you know might as well get into it um, and I, I watched it for the first time and it, it, it filled me with like such a unique sense of adventure that I hadn't felt in a long time. Um, and it, it was, it felt good. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a very, it was very inspiring in a way in the sense that you know, the world is so diverse and so well thought out. The characters are extremely likable. The music's fantastic. The animation's fantastic. Yeah. And it just created a very good mood in me, which is weird because it gets very heavy. Oh yeah, um, that, particularly the in the second half of the season. Yeah, the, the last handful of episodes are extremely like brutal and intense. But I think that was why yeah. it was so good as well. It was a way that it could slowly build the series. Where I, I enjoyed it for most of the series, it's good, but it's a little slow. They were just kind of laying in the groundwork. But towards the end, mm-hmm. like when they really laid on the emotions, I was like, oh my god, this is fucking ridiculous, yeah. but in a good way. But like, it- it, 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 yeah, and it's great. And it's not like a lot of other shows where it's like, we're going to make... So, Shield Hero, for example. Like, episode one, the, like the first couple episodes, really, it's like, they're going to lay it on heavy, where it's like, okay, we're going to kick the poppy wallies down. Mm. Um, and there's no real resolution to that. Um, there is... It start, things are starting to get better, but the whole, like, basis for Rising of the Shield Hero is that he's constantly, you know, looked down upon. But with something like Made in Abyss, you know, it's... It is a very brutal world, but it's brutal by design. Um, and th- there's no real like malicious figure. There is Bondrude, but he's not really a like an active antagonistic force. Um, he kind of creates very difficult situations for the characters yeah. to overcome. So that's what the main focus of the series is on, um, at least in season one. So a lot of the conflict is very external. Um, and just characters having to deal external and internal with the characters having to deal with their own, you know, emotional issues and trying to find the perseverance to move on. Um, and it ends on a very positive note. And I really, 
I, I came away from that series feeling very good, <laughs> which is interesting because it did get so rough. Yeah. I, I, I think like for a series to be really brutal and really like intense like that, but then to, to just make you feel good at the end, it's a sign it's really succeeded on a lot of levels. Um, I don't know, like, like, cause at the end of the day, like whatever you watch, whatever you experience, you want to feel happy at the end. You want to feel good. Well, I mean, there are definitely some, <laughs> there are definitely some things that would <laughs> leave you feeling miserable. Yeah. Like, have you seen Grave of the Fireflies? I've not, but I'm aware that it's, it's okay. pretty, pretty tragic. Uh, it, yeah, it, yeah, it is a tragedy. Yeah. Um, there is no happy ending for anybody there. Um, and it, like, I, I understand like those kinds of stories, it's very cathartic, right? But it's like, I feel like I have to be in a certain mood to experience that. Um, and you probably get that with like, you know, you're talking about horror games and just the horror in general. It's a very stressful kind of media. And a lot of the time, you're not going to come out of a horror feeling, you know, chipper and positive. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I like play Resident Evil 2. I'm having such a good time, but I am thinking, what happy game am I going to play after this? What game? Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, do you come, you come out of playing Resident Evil like having fun, having like you said that adrenaline rush? But would you say like you're particularly happy or chipper or positive after you play Resident I, Evil? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm happy, chipper, or positive, but I'm thoroughly entertained and engrossed, and uh, I oh, I am, ex- I am yeah. excited to go back like and play more. So in that sense, yeah, but that's different you... from like, it, yeah, but that's different from like feeling fu- I guess fulfilled or yeah. like you know comforted by a piece of media. Yeah, a good example is like uh, I saw How to Train Your Dragon Free the other day uh, at the oh. cinema, and it was amazing. It's fantastic, and uh, it's very sad. It's very like quite emotional, um, but mm. the ending is very very fulfilling at the same time. I won't say any more than that. Obviously, I don't want to spoil anything, but the ending does mm. make you feel good. And whilst it has its kind of like bittersweet element to it, it does make you feel very fulfilled and happy. In that there's mm-hmm. there's hope and there's optimism, and uh, yeah, it's a wonderful ending. It's the perfect ending to the trilogy. Um, but I just think balancing those emotions is really like incredible. And it's amazing how like just a particular balancing of emotions in an entertaining medium can just be so mm-hmm. fulfilling. In terms of getting you out of a shitty mood, it can do so much for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I just think like that escapism. I mean, it's why I love anime. Like that escapism in fantasy is just. I don't. Know, I don't get that from like live action shows personally. A live a live action <laughs> show could be fun, but it can always remind me of real life in some capacity because I'm watching human actors. To watch something that's totally removed from real life mm. is just a unique form of escapism. Whether it's a video game or an anime, the more fantasy, the more bizarre, far removed from this world, the better, in my opinion. But that's just me. Hmm. But um, I don't know. I think that escapism is so important because there's just so much shit online which gets me down. And well, that's that's interesting with the escapism part because we've definitely talked about that as a like a, just a general concept on the podcast before. But it's interesting to you know see it in or discuss it in a different context uh, in the sense that you know we're able to attach ourselves to a piece of media much better if we have that suspension of disbelief. Um and like speaking of other currently airing shows mob yeah yeah. um mob psycho like that was a show i remember watching season one going through and for the most part it's pretty ridiculous right you know it's a very over-the-top sense of humor it's very clever and it's just very ridiculous and doesn't take itself too seriously that's exactly why i love it (laughs) except 
when it does, yeah. right? Where it's like where Mob has his, you know, heart to heart with his brother or Reagan finally, you know, pulls through and stops being a little shithead. Yeah. Um, and it, it's interesting that, you know, it, it established itself as this like ridiculous comedy, but then it can get very like wholesome yeah. in a sense. Uh, yeah, I, I think like, I mean, I love Mob Psycho. I think it's awesome. Uh, speaking of, there's a new episode tomorrow, so yay. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like when it can balance those tones so well, like anything balancing those tones, it's just, it impresses me a lot. Uh, it's again, going to the Wind Waker, I know it's like a change of subject slightly, but like, I love how the Wind Waker can be the happiest game ever, just so, so charming. Mm-hmm. But then you can encounter like the Redeads in the Earth Temple and they're so unnerving by comparison and so sort of weird with, with the way they're, I actually think out of all the Redeads in the Zelda franchise, it's the Wind Waker ones that are the creepiest and the most... Really? It, it, really? The Wind Waker ones get you? It's, I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. As a 24-year-old, I am okay now. <laughs> but it, but as a kid, yeah, they certainly like, you know, I, I dreaded encountering the Redeads when I was a kid. Um, in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, they still got me, but they were just so much more animated in the Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that okay. kind of animation, that's what really got me. But what about yourself? So, it's always interesting seeing, like, monsters like that in, you know, pieces of media that are generally pretty, like, low-key in terms of... Okay, so, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of... I, I, I guess, like, Miyazaki movies, like, Spirited Away, I know for a lot of people, like, there were monster designs that kind of freaked people out um, when they were kids. But it's... It's just seeing that in the context of like what is otherwise you know a fun adventure. Yeah, it's a little I don't want to say jarring, but it's interesting how you know it can highlight other aspects of that piece of media. So with Wind Waker, you know, you have the Redeads, you have the you know scary like monsters that Blink has to fight, but then there are the other points where it's like you're sailing on the ocean with seagulls around you with triumphant music blaring. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I feel so great with this and I feel great watching this. And it's very similar to how I felt about watching Made in Abyss. Um, there were so many scenes in Made in Abyss that were like, it, it captured a wonderful sense of adventure. There are great drawn sprawling vistas, but then there are also like absolutely mind-fucking horrors that the kids have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I think nailing those juxtapositions is just like, when they're done right, it's so good. And uh, it's just something I love in any medium. If you can get a really positive juxtaposition going with like two different tonal themes, I think that's really, really cool. And so much stuff does it well. So much stuff does it right. It's why I love like a lot of anime shows where they'll be really fun, really entertaining and happy and upbeat, but they'll have their moments of being really dark. Um, and I always love that. I always feel that those dark moments stand out for all the right reasons. And then just before it gets well, too much, it goes back to some happy stuff and it balances it. So yeah, well. but it, it's always it's always interesting in how shows can kind of prime you to feel a certain way. So when you're talking about like having these, you know, I guess very fun or cutesy aspects and then bringing out something darker, um, or it's like the, the interplay that, you, that you're talking about, right? That juxtaposition is meant to highlight the other, right? Yeah. So having something cutesy and fun is meant to highlight the negative part of yeah. it or the, the more um, you know, stressful parts of it. And that's exactly that, like what something like a show like Monica did, right? Where it's yeah, like yeah. It started off, it's like, oh, hey, here are these you know, cute high school girls and they're going to fight evil and then, oh, good Lord, what's happening to them? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and it and it was that juxtaposition of you know what looked like a, I guess a a, a standard like cutesy like magical girl show and became something progressively darker that and that that darkness was highlighted specifically because of the tone that it established with the characters and the artistic style yeah i i think that's like so good when that's done uh it's why i i love one piece and why i'm obsessed with that and i have been for like really yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm i think I'm like, well what what specifically about one piece i guess gets that Mood, it, it would just be an, or that juxtaposition. It would be an example of like where so much of it is uh by the way i've got tissue uh stuck up my nose right now uh but it's over my mouth so oh, as i told well. it's flapping about and i want to <laughs> i need to try and correct this okay that's better i've ripped the end off now it's not flailing okay sorted um i think one piece is so good in but like like lots of it will be very kind of comedic character-based fun uh goofy mm. and silly but there's always those little moments where shit goes down and there'll be a particularly evil antagonist, right, right. a particularly evil moment that's quite dark, but it's always balanced so excellently with comedy and with more surreal elements. Um, I think there's something I read online and uh, Achira Oda gave Luffy uh, his devil fruit powers where he was like made of rubber to to constantly create this feeling of like evil when stuff's dark, there's an element of lightheartedness to it because no matter how dark it gets the protagonist is still made of rubber and can stretch himself. So like, no ma- that's really cool. That's really cool to think about. No matter what tone they're exploring, no matter how bleak it can get at times, it's still a pirate made of rubber. Uh, can stretch. <laughs> it's, it's still surreal. It's still based in fantasy. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting, like how he's honing on, on those specific aspects in order to evoke that mood in his audience. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, he, he knows exactly how he wants his audience to feel. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like there's, there's a whole storyline about uh, there's humans and there's fishmen. And uh, these are two species and it covers like a political history and a social history between the two species based on racism and discrimination. And uh, this is in the Fishman Island arc, which is like around episode 500 or something. So I- I'm I'm in Punk Hazard right now. I'm, I'm quite far in. Um, I'm still watching, obviously, I want to get caught up. But, uh, but yeah, Fishman Island, it's, it goes into the, the exploration of this history of discrimination between the two. And it does a few episodes where it just takes you off into this kind of historical uh timeline and it's really interesting to see this history of discrimination and cruelty and murder and all sorts of conspiracies um and you really feel stuff by the end you're really feeling for these characters uh certain ones die certain ones are killed off and it's really really sad and tragic um but then it brings you back to the present and luffy's joking around and whatnot and it sounds like it could be jarring but it isn't it genuinely works it works so well tonally and uh Mm -hmm. it 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 all fits so well into the same universe and it's one of the things I love about it. I, I think as like long running shonens go, it's definitely the best. Um, obviously I think My Hero Academia is going to beat it in terms of like quality <laughs> consistency, but I, I feel mm. that like as just a long running adventure show, if Achiro Oda sticks the landing at the end, I feel like it's going to go down as just like this masterpiece of adventure where like even where there's like misfires or missteps or whatever, they're never big issues, and the overall narrative is fantastic. Um, I'm a huge fan, as you can tell. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, but it, but I think that's the thing. Like I can honestly just say, like watching that and becoming obsessed with that and getting to like episode six hundred and like still powering through. That has brought so much joy into my life. Like j- just mm. having a constant outlook whenever I'm feeling shitty or not feeling good. 
I'll watch an episode of One Piece. I'll just put it on. Like, I know. Nice. Do you know what I mean? It is such a good feeling. Well, honestly, like that. That's really so. That, that, that's kind of what manga has been for me lately. Yeah. Um, like I also watch anime. And I love watching, you know, series that are going on or like really good shows. But um, manga is actually how I really got into the whole like Japanese media side of things. Yeah. Um, I remember growing up, uh, there was a bookstore near where I used to live called Borders. We would go there, we, and this was before we had Borders over here as well. Actually, oh, did you yeah, have Borders? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, those those closed down like years yeah, ago. Unfortunately, because I used to um, love going to Borders. Yeah, and it was great because uh, in Borders, uh, there was the manga section. And back when I was a kid, it was pretty small. It was like two aisles. Or no, it was like an aisle and like shelves on like either side. Um, and I would go there, and this was before bookstores started plastic wrapping manga. Ah. So I would just go in and browse like a library. And then I'd skim through read like a couple chapters and a different few different books and pick up series like that was how i found bleach in one piece um and azumanga Daio and dragon ball um and it, it was great because manga is a lot more easily digestible than anime because you can you can read at your own pace you don't have to like like it's not jarring to stop like reading mid chapter or like after a chapter versus like stopping in the middle of an episode yeah um and it's something that you know I can come back to with pretty regular consistency. And I've been like following up with more recent mangas that are uh, releasing right now. Um, and it's just yeah, like you said, you know, whenever I'm you know feeling kind of down or need a little you know distraction or something like that, I can just you know go on my computer and you know find a manga that I'm following and just catch up yeah. and read a couple chapters and feel fine. I think like that's so important and. It's funny, mm-hmm. I, was gonna, I was gonna say, like, I like to have time off the internet, but it's funny how, like, for you, your escapism is going onto the internet, but, like, your escapism is going online, but it's not to go on social media, it's to... to oh, no, no, I, I, I do not use social media that much. And, so that's what's <laughs> interesting. Do you think, uh, like, social media is, like, a major source of stress yes, for a lot of people? Yes, that, you, you, yes. Yeah. You didn't even need to finish <laughs> that sentence, and yes. Yeah. Uh, why do you think so many people use it? <sighs> A lot of different reasons um the the most pertinent one i can think of is that it's a skinner box kind of thing where it's like you're receiving instant gratification for these notifications or things that happen um and it's just easy to like shout your opinion at somebody yeah and try and justify that and back that up but well do you it, social media social media is what you make of it honestly do you think that instant gratification is somewhat similar to like smoking or alcoholism or various other like substance usage i mean if anything it's similar to like me looking up a new chapter of a manga it's just a different outlet really and it's a different like thing that's giving me that gratification giving me that pleasure it's just for me you know it's a my, my my activity is very insular and very solo driven where it's like I can you know, read a manga chapter on my own time and I'm not bothering anybody. But if you go online and you're a dick and shouting your opinion at somebody else, you know, that's going to involve somebody. I think, and that, that, that might yeah. give you a weird twisted sense of gratification. That's, that's true. Obviously like you're um, bringing someone else down, but what's interesting as well is that like, it's a catch 22 because like people enjoy social media yet at the same time, it brings so much stress into their life. Um, from what I get the impression, I'm speaking from experience, but 
but it's, it's weird because it's I think it's the same if someone is an alcoholic for example they use alcohol to drown out a lot of their issues but they hate the fact that they're an alcoholic and they wish they weren't an alcoholic it's the same as if somebody's obese they will comfort eat but they hate the fact that they're o- obese and it's it's like this vicious cycle and I think social media fits into the same category where people will go on Facebook or Twitter for this instant gratification instant entertainment but if they become obsessed with it which is very easy to do it can make you feel mm-hmm. so shit because you're just exposed to such horrible opinions all day um and you're always kind of conscious that you're wasting your time and there's so many better things you could be doing um but that's why in a very similar vein you know our interests in stuff like video games anime and manga it's like it, we are receiving that gratification, but it's not like we feel bad for doing it. It's like there, I, I genuinely see that there is merit to media that I consume. And as much as like all joke that I like, you know, trash, like, like shows that are essentially cute girls doing cute things. And it's like, I still think that there is value in that. And I think that it's, you know, fun to watch and that, can you know be very therapeutic in its own in its own way yeah everyone likes cute girls doing cute things that's that's just a thing you like mm-hmm. everyone likes that <laughs> yeah like it's it's it's, and it's like i don't feel bad like I, I like i don't feel bad that i watch anime no like i i, it's like, I, 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 I like the fact that i watch anime i I've, i think like no one should feel bad for doing something that is a positive outlet that doesn't hurt other people and that is like a valuable way to spend their time i think like watching yeah it doesn't have to be anime it could be a show on netflix it could be playing a game it could be watching a movie like whatever kind of visual uh entertainment or, or like alternatively it could just be listening to music like whatever kind of entertainment you indulge in um if that if you feel that enriches your life in some way like i, I feel like that's really uh i don't know just benefited me in a capacity but i think that's fantastic I think the thing with social media is that it doesn't enrich people's lives a lot of the time. The stuff they're reading, the mm-hmm. stuff they're exposed to, it actually doesn't enrich your life. Because like the things you'll read on Facebook, for example, you probably won't remember those things the next day. Um, but like if you watch like a series or something, you're probably going to remember that for a while and it will stick with you and it will be like something you might reference with, with other people. But I don't know. That said, I think like social circles can be built around like... Uh, various things online it's it's such a, w- a weird one it's like you said it's what you make of it it's what you do with it but i think there's a really dark side to social media and i think it's something we should all be aware of because it's it's strange i'm just as guilty as anyone i use it um but i do think it brings a lot of stress into my life which is why i've tried to put down over the years and uh and, and stop using as much I, i've got facebook i've got twitter and that's it no i don't use anything else um because I used to have like Instagram and a few other bits and it just in fact was just pointless I just realized like this is a waste of time what I'm exposed to here like looking at people's pictures on Instagram or looking at people's snapchats it's just pointless there's I'm not gaining anything this isn't enriching me in any way so I think like um Mm -hmm. I don't know like well that that, that's another part of like why I really like consuming media is that it's something that I can talk about with other people yeah. and, you know, bond over those interests, bond over those shared interests. 
Um, and you, you know, we can have conversations like this where it's like, oh, this is like why I enjoyed something or this is why something made me feel a certain way. And there is a certain, there is a definite sense of positivity from that, just from being, from being able to share in your interests with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think like, or even just like meeting you and talking to you, like we both like anime, we both like video games and like we can share those as like common interests and common things that we like. But I think if mm-hmm. I was just saying, oh, what's your favorite meme on Facebook? That conversation <laughs> run thin pretty quickly. <laughs> I I have actually had conversations like that. Oh, really? And yes, they do run yeah. thin very quickly. Yeah. Once, um, once you've kind of exhausted the shaggy joke, it's kind of, it's over. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's where like social media is actually very, very uh, just forgettable and non-wholesome. But yeah, well, but, but that's why like, and that, that that's where a lot of really enjoyment of stuff like anime comes from for me is you know for 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 all of like the the shows where it's like okay these are just you know cutesy you know jokey kind of shows like there are other series like hero academia or like made in abyss or it's like there's a little more going on right you know there's yeah. the story there's the characters and there are things that you can think about and just talking about it with other people yeah um and discussing like why you felt a certain way or like what you think's going to happen like there, there's just a lot of different layers to how you can both consume and interpret a show yeah or a series yeah like i i genuinely think things like that are so enriching and can just be so like positive to someone's life and i can speak from experience again where like i'm so much happier in my life for having positive outlets for for, for like like positive ways to de-stress and to declutter my mind and i think it's it's something that everyone needs some people do have more negative ways of de-stressing um and you know ways that could endanger their health or put them in trouble and uh you know everyone could do what they want but i, I think having like a positive means of uh relaxing and taking it easy yeah so as far as like de-stressing you know and <clears throat> coming away you know, figuring out how to make yourself feel better. I guess what, like, what would you recommend then, Harry, for uh, series or movies or anything to, I uh, guess, any sort of media to consume for people to feel better? For myself, uh, it's something we've mentioned this a few times now, but uh, it was towards the end of last year. I was just feeling like a bit down of a dump, so I I got my Wii U out for like the first time since I got my Switch, which was a long time, because uh, I got my Switch on like day one of release, so it had been <laughs> what like a year and three quarters or something. Uh, and I played Wind Waker and I did a 100% run and uh, I had such a great time. I had a lot of fun. Uh, and following that, I've been playing a lot of games and watching a lot of anime and just uh, trying to stay more so offline. I still go online and stuff. But I've been trying to do it less. And on days where like I'm starting to feel shitty because of like certain things I'm seeing, I just, I kind of take note of that now and I think, okay, let's maybe just stop this and go on a game. Um, and it makes such a difference. It's, it's, it's crazy how many people are like addicted to going on their phones and who are just like mm. hooked into just checking their phones all the time, checking their laptops, whatever. It makes such a difference. If you can just like turn your phone off for a day and just get away from the internet, honestly, you feel so much better. Um, so just have a day where like just boot up Netflix, boot up Crunchyroll or put a game on or or it could be something else. It could be that you love playing sports. It could be that you love going out, going out with your friends or doing anything, just... Do something that takes you away from toxic opinions, <laughs> and it honestly makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, at least for myself, like that. That's well, that's why I like watching certain series. And I I went back to it, and I I I still freaking love it. So I would highly recommend Yuru Camp yeah. if you just want to feel very relaxed. It is a very positive, comfy show that is specifically meant to make you feel good. Yeah. Um. But really, like, they're honestly just like looking up any sort of you know adventure show really should get you or most adventure shows really should get you you know feeling pretty good because that's the whole point of them right it's to have a positive adventure um and that's that's really what i like about something like little witch academia a lot is it's very it feels very young adult in that like there are quote-unquote consequences and struggles that the characters have to go through but it's kind of like a saturday morning cartoon it's like you you know they're gonna be fine nothing bad's gonna happen to them yeah I love Little Witch Academia. It's really, really uh, positive and upbeat. And I watched it over Christmas with my girlfriend. I'd seen it before, um, mm. but I did like a second watching and she hadn't seen it before. And we both loved it. It's really, really good. Um, and that's the thing like about Trigger as well. Change of subject, but on Trigger, like they're such a weird company because I adore some of their output. But then obviously some of it's just like really off the mark. And mm. uh yeah, I've I've still not seen SSSS Gridman. Like, what's your opinion on that? Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch that. <laughs> you I got like I got like four episodes, and I was like, okay, I get what they're trying to do, but it wasn't particularly compelling. Really, right. none of the characters like stuck out to me, and were very fun. Like Little Witch Academia is a lot of fun because I like every single character in that show. They're all unique, yeah, and they're all just very fun to watch. I love uh, the, the, Space Patrol Luluco as well. It was really good. Oh my god, Luluco was fantastic. Um, also, like, did you watch uh, When Supernatural Battles Become Commonplace? I think it was. I really- had heard of that show. I know it was a trigger show. Um, it, it was I, awful. <laughs> oh no! It was so. I mean, maybe, but I maybe I missed Uh-oh. something. Maybe I. Yeah. Maybe it was my fault. But Uh-oh. it was so boring. Oh, I, I found well, that there was no... That's unfortunate. There was no investment or excitement or anything. It just felt like sort of meandering character interactions where nothing oh. really happens. It doesn't really culminate in anything. Well, then it, don't watch that show if you want to feel good. Yeah, don't watch that. Oh, you, you never know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like I think a lot of people did quite like it, so maybe maybe I'm a stupid <laughs> one. But I watched it and I, I, I barely remember it. I, I just found it so forgettable. But uh, I don't know. Each their own. I know a lot of people do like it. Well, I mean, it's the it's the interesting part of you know how different people consume media, and you know we're we're talking about how you know we can watch or play different things, and you'll feel come out of it feeling better and more positive. But I know that there are a lot of people who like watching you know stuff like. Do do you know Higurashi? I've heard of it. I don't. Okay, so stuff like Higurashi, Mirai, Mirai Nikki, uh, Future Diary. Uh, yeah, um, Brent realized I don't know if you've been watching. I don't know if you've been watching Promise Neverland. I've not. That's no. a currently airing series, but all of those are gory and like dystopian and brutal. And there's like no positive. There's like very little little positivity, and whatever positivity is in those shows is like snuffed out by yeah. just utter like. Terrible. It, it's just, just terribleness. Thoroughly miserable. Yeah. But it's like people obviously enjoy those shows and they're, you know, spoken of and rated very highly. But it's like, ah, I think what, like, 
just because I'm not the kind of person, like I, I would be very curious to hear like what somebody gets out of that who really enjoys it. Um, it's like, well, I mean, you with Resident Evil, it's like you like being stressed. You like being like having that adrenaline Actually, rush. That's, that's interesting because like you could say that, but not really. Like <laughs> I, I want to, I, I may play like one horror game a year, if that. Like I, I'm not a horror aficionado at all. Um, I very, if I, to, I play like one horror game every few years and it's every time a Resident Evil game comes out. <laughs> that's what I play. Um, I've played Outlast and beyond that, mm-hmm. not much else. Like, I, I don't play much horror at all because I don't really like horror. It's more just a case of I like Resident Evil. Uh, uh, I'm quite okay. in the Resident Evil franchise, so I like to play that. Um, but it's like, I don't watch many horror films. So you're um, not necessarily seeking out these, like, stressful... No, no, These stressful, like, no. stories or pieces of media. It was just very much a case of I've got some money to spare. I could either get the new Resident Evil or I could get Kingdom Hearts 3. I've not played the other Kingdom Hearts games, so I'll get Resident no. Evil. It's very much that. <laughs> well, um, I know that uh, there are definitely opinions about Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Have you played but, it? Uh, I, I have not. I I grew up as like a fan of the series, but I very slowly petered off and uh, am next to not invested at all. Yeah. Um, so it's whatever. But yeah, it's it's interesting that uh, you, I guess you, you you seek it out as a Resident Evil game first, rather than a horror game. But yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, like I Resident there, Evil there Four are, is one of my favorite games ever. But like I've played it so much now, it doesn't scare me. It doesn't uh, make me jump because I know exactly what's everywhere. Uh, I mm-hmm. know exactly what's coming, and to me, it's almost like returning to an old friend rather than returning to a horror game. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I love playing it. Uh, and that's that's because like I'm not in it for the horror per se. I, I think that feeling of like that adrenaline rush, that kind of tense stress, that is a unique feeling, and it certainly takes your mind off whatever shit's happening in your life. It certainly <laughs> it, it takes yeah. your mind off stuff, and that yeah. in itself that is great. I like that, but I wouldn't actively seek that out on a regular basis totally. or anything. So like so that. it's more about just getting invested into it. Yeah, totally. From like as a game, really. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I can definitely get that. Like, I mean, that, that's how I'm feeling with a lot of, like, I'm playing a lot of, um, like, aside from my JRPGs, like, I play a lot of, like, competitive FPSs. So, you know, when I dig into those, it can be very, uh, very intensive and very focus-driven. Do you, and uh, I definitely forget about do you put stuff that's happening. Do you online so you can be homophobically well, abused? Uh, oh, no, <laughs> no. I, I play. Slurs. I play with friends so oh, okay. I can do that to them and it's all in good fun all in good fun yeah like that's something i've never understood just like doing like public voice chat and just having people who are like too young to play a video game just call you a faggot or something like it's just like why do i want to expose myself to that kind of horrible opinion or horrible like yeah that, 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 that's why it is this, a this, this, is sort of, this sort of shit i get annoyed about like kyle like the other day i was on a there was like a Twitter account and it's posting um like screenshots of, of video game fans just being awful. Um, mm. And this guy made a comment online about uh, a character in Apex Legends, which obviously is really big right now. And this character has been written as gay, which I think, cool. Yeah, I think it's great when LGBT people get more representation. Um, so yeah, I think that's awesome. 
And this guy was just commenting saying, like, I really think uh, you should uh, remove the fact that they're gay. I've been maining them now for about 20 hours and I just what? found out that they're gay. And this has really but, bothered but, me. And it ends it by saying, I just really don't want to main a fag. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's okay, it. And okay. he's like, thank you. I hope you take this opinion into account. And I just read that. I just think. That's even more upsetting than somebody throwing around a slur just for, you know, being controversial. Yeah. yeah that's, that, that's a very. Uh, that's it. It's somebody who's actually saying. That, that's a very unhealthy mentality. Saying something like that and actually meaning it. Yeah. And, and actually, like, like, not saying it in a joke, not saying it in any kind of like uh, irony or, I don't know, just some fucking like weird context that kind of deflates the edge of it they're saying it in a way of just like yeah i think this is a completely appropriate word to say against a gay person and you see that kind of shit all the time and like people being racist or homophobic or sexist and i fucking hate all of that like i mean i think like a lot of people i'm i consider myself very left-wing and very um like i hate discrimination i hate uh just people getting attacked and bullied for things that just don't matter the colour of their skin who they choose to be not choose who they who they are in love with uh i don't want to muddle my words and offend people <laughs> um yeah i just i think you get so much uh toxic shit online and it, it just it gives people a platform to just say the most horrible things towards people and it's and that, that kind of shit just annoys me. You just see it and you just lose faith for people. Well, don't think about it. Just shoot zombies in Resident Evil. Ex- exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I think that's why like, it's important to just avoid online because it, it just gives everyone a platform. And mm. uh, some of these people will just be complete cunts, to be honest. Just like horrible people with awful opinions who just want to, just want to, attack other people I, I just i don't get it i just want everyone to be happy and i think if people got off got off this kind of shitty mentality and just watch some one piece from time to time the world would be a better place there that's, you go that's my take from it just watch one evil. piece and you'll be fine watch some good anime just just don't worry about all this shit and just try and like be nice and don't spread toxicity online don't post shitty youtube comments don't be a cunt is all i'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> that is just, that is just, the lesson i want to share just when you want to be, when you, when you want to be a jerk, just don't and just watch anime and you'll be fine. That is our lesson of this, of this very rambly, very ill podcast. I'm feeling very poorly. My nose is running like a fucking waterfall. This is horrible. Well, I think we should uh, <laughs> let you go address that then. Yeah, I need to. Okay, uh, Kyle, who are you on Twitter? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That's how we're ending this. All right. Yes, I am at like the rogue. Sick. And uh, I am Harry underscore Morris underscore. Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. All the best, guys. Bye.